to Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. Hi, everybody. This is Adrian Garland, and welcome to Sugar Coated. I'm so excited to introduce my next guest to you. Her name is Kirsten Field, and she's the founder of Kids Crafts. Kirsten also donated many amazing, beautiful uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg jewelry boxes to the She Leads conference that just happened on November 10th. So everybody was so inspired to get their hands dirty and create these incredible jewelry boxes. So I would love to take this opportunity, Kirsten, for you to introduce yourself to the the She Leads and the Sugar Coated audience. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, As you said, I'm Kirsten Field. Um, (laughs) I own a company called Kids Crafts. And I guess a little bit to back up about how we started. We've been in business since 2013. And the business really started out as me as a mom wanting, I had gone into like a elementary school and volunteered for their holiday workshop. And it really struck me that the kids were spending so much money on, you know, the chintzy earrings that turn your, you know, ears green and like <laughs> the number one mom mugs. And I thought there has to be another company out there that sells, you know, better products for the kids to be giving, you know, for their holiday shop. And there wasn't. And so I came up with the idea of, well, what if we, I create a company that makes gifts that I supply elementary schools with, you know, these supplies to make gifts for mom and dad versus buy them. Yeah. And so that's kind of how the business started was I had this idea of, you know, creating this company where we would come up with 10 different products. The kids would then make them, you know, we would supply schools with all of the supplies. And I went and got funded by a venture capital company in Grand Rapids called Start Garden. And so they funded me at the $5,000 level. And then part of that funding was come back six months later and tell us how you're doing. And then we'll decide if we want to fund you further. So I came back six months later and they decided to fund me at the $20,000 level. But at that point, Rick DeVos, who was one of their you know major contributors and um, board members said, well, we're going to fund you, but you really need to figure out a way to sell these crafts more than just at a holiday shop. You know, like you got to be making income, you know, all the time, 24 seven, like this isn't going to work. And so I was like, okay. And, you know, I acted like, yeah, I got that. No problem. <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> and, and I think that's kind of been my business model the whole way through is like, I'll figure it out. I can get yeah. this, you know. And um, so 
fast forward like a month later and we were in a Bass Pro Shop store with our kiddos and they had their Santa's Wonderland event going on and one of the one of the activities was to create a craft. And I was looking at the craft that the kids were given to create and I was thinking, gosh, I feel like I could pitch to them, you know, what I can supply the materials for them to make a gift for mom and dad or a craft for the holidays. And so I did just that. I pitched to Bass Pro Shop. Wow. And she said, she came back, you know, the next week and said, okay, yeah, give me a proposal by Friday. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Again, I'll figure it out, right? I'll, I'll figure this out. And so um, that relationship ended up, I started with, their Halloween craft. And it grew from 2013 to 2019 to the point that we were supplying over 2 million crafts to them a year for My their goodness. in-store kids events. Wow. And so the school business kind of just dropped off. I couldn't get that business to just take off the ground. You know, um, it just was tricky because PTOs yeah. always are changing with different contacts and I ended up making the Bass Pro Shop, Cabela's, Macy's was another one that we would create themed craft kits for their in-store kids events. And then COVID hit. Oh. So my business was doing great mm. right up until all events got canceled. Yeah. And so I really was at a point, Bass Pro Shop, you know, so we're not doing any more events right now. Macy's decided they're not going to do any events. And so it was really like, oh, I have no business now. Literally, my business is gone. Right. So how do I pivot? So that's where this new kind of venture came out of was the COVID pivoting and um, starting from scratch again. And the idea came about, basically, I knew I could create crafts, right? Like we have a dedicated factory in China that can mass produce crafts. And so... That wasn't my problem. My problem was, how am I going to differentiate myself in the marketplace? You know, I'm a mom. I go into Target and I see everything. everything. <laughs> I see green yeah. catcher crafts. And, you know, what's going to differentiate my, what's going to make a mom choose my dream catcher craft over the other dream catcher craft? And so I really was struggling with, well, what would make it different? You know, like I, I'll include high quality materials. That's that's a given. But really, what's gonna what's gonna, you know, prompt them to choose this one? And so I came up with the idea of, what if we create these crafts around women that had dreams and they mm. were blazers and and give girls not only a craft but a story about a mighty trailblazer. Mm. And so that's how this idea for the lead her collection came about. Is that all of a sudden it clicked. Like we are in such a unique time as women, right? And for our girls, you know, that we want to teach them to use their voice and we want them, we want to expose them to those stories of women that have really used their voice for change. Mm -hmm. And so that's how this Lead Her collection was born. And so basically, I'm sure that you saw with the boxes is that we provide like the craft but then we also give the story about these women and how they, as teenagers growing up, kind of use their voice for change. And then we also include lead her question cards. So mm. in addition to them creating the craft, 
the lead her card can kind of serve as like a parental resource that, you know, parents can use that to kind of have those conversations with their girls about, well, when's the time that you used your voice for change? Or when did you stick, stick up for yourself when you felt like a situation wasn't, wasn't right, or it didn't feel right. So there's never a better time than when kids are crafting and using their hands to be like talking to them. And so to kind of have that leader question card and, you know, use those, those talking points, you know, kind of helps out for parents. And so that's how our lead her collection got started. Then I was also kind of like, you know, I have two girls. And so one, teaching them about mighty women, but two, they've watched me grow a business, right? They've seen me in the entrepreneurial role of creating a company from nothing. And I've seen them through me doing this, I've seen them want to do their own little businesses, right? So it like, so like creating, you know, painting rocks and selling them at the end of the driveway or selling mint, selling our mint for mojitos. To the <laughs> That's a good COVID business. I mean, it is. Everybody needs the mint for the mojitos. <laughs> but so I wanted to create another line of crafts, which is called our Innovate Her line. And this line is all about the crafty girl with the entrepreneurial spirit. So mm. while it's keychain crafts or pop and paper clips, when they're done with their craft, we also include all of the packaging that they need to then sell it as a finished product at the end of the driveway or wherever. And then we include a Mighty Girl business plan to help them understand how do you advertise your product? How do you you know, determine your, your price for your product? What are the costs that go into your product? And so we just take them at a very, you know, easy level of what is a business plan and how does that work through the steps so that they can actually start their own little business with our craft. That idea came to me in February of 2021 and we launched in November of 2021. So it has been um, a whirlwind of trying to pivot the entire company. And I would say one of the hardest parts of this pivot has been, I didn't have a social media presence. I didn't have a following prior to this this new company. So for me, that's been a huge learning curve of yeah. just how do I get followers? How do I get people in, in, involved in this? How do they, you know, how do they come to know my product? And so that's been a huge learning curve for me, um, just because prior to this, I only worked with like the branding, you know, marketing managers and we would work one-on-one and develop the crafts and send them. And so this has been just a new learning curve of, you know, how do we do Instagram posts and how do we, you know, get on social media and (laughs) and figure out Instagram ads and TikTok reels and all of that kind of stuff that I, I didn't have, I didn't do, you know, I wasn't ever a poster, you know, like even in my personal life, I don't post very much, you know, and so it's been a step out of my comfort zone for mm. figuring that that portion of all of this out. Gosh, I mean, first, Kirsten, I feel like I want to cry for <laughs> what you're doing, because it is truly innovative. And there's not a lot of people out there that are teaching girls how to start businesses. 
we, we sort of teach boys how to do that, right? But we don't teach girls and especially not at that young age. And I, I just feel like you're such a role model. And I'm, I'm sorry, I feel very emotional right now because uh, I just think it's so beautiful. <laughs> but you are giving these girls such incredible possibility. You know, girls are socialized to push around the baby in, in the carriage and play house and all of that kind of stuff. And so we think that that's natural. But if you put, like you're saying, these these crafts and these incredible, you know, open-minded ideas into the hands and the heads of these girls, you're creating something extraordinary for the future. So oh, well, it's so amazing. It's so amazing. And I actually wasn't aware of the the cards. And I, I it's so it's so smart to marry together the doing with the talking because we as women are that's that's how we operate right right and i just feel like it's hard to have those conversations and i i know as a parent even like it's hard to even think of the questions to ask about like when's a difficult like it's not an everyday kind of convo right like yeah. and so i think just having the card there even if the parent isn't initiating those questions, it's an opportunity for the girl to look at those questions, right? And say, yeah. oh, yeah, when was a time that I, you know, was not feeling like the situation was right? And I, I felt like I should stay, say something or, and we do give prompts too to them of like examples of mm -hmm. like, maybe there's a time that it felt like uncomfortable when somebody was getting bullied and how did you handle that? And, you know, all of those different kinds of conversations. So. I think our goal is even if the parent isn't necessarily using it as a parental resource, it's it's prompting the, the child to think about it while they're crafting, right? Yeah. Because it's just kind of one of those times where you're you're in your zone, you're creating your craft, and you can be thinking about these kinds of things. So. Yeah. I, I also can see it, uh, you know, at, in a group setting with, you know, a teacher or, you know, at a community center or something like mm -hmm. that to... For the girls to even uh, speak among amongst themselves, which yeah. I, I'm sure is very powerful. You're right. We have a partner. So one of the goals of this company is not only like saying we empower girls, <laughs> you know, we want more for girls is to actually kind of stand behind that. Right. And so we donate a portion of our sales to organizations working to help girls. And then another portion is donating the craft kits like to your organization and to other ones. But exactly what you're saying is we work with an organization called Girls Positivity Club, and mm. she's doing just that. And she mm -hmm. is just on this mission to empower girls. Mm -hmm. And just like you're saying in those settings where they're all creating a jewelry box or they're all creating, you know, our rainbow kit or something like that. Um, they have the opportunity to be having those discussions about how to, you know, how are you positive? How are you empowering yourself? And so exactly what you're saying, they use them in group settings as well. So it's cool. Wow. I have so, I have a million questions for you too. Like, you know, <laughs> do you have any type of like business backgrounds or entrepreneurial backgrounds? Like how did you get from like, I have a million questions that are going through my head, but you know, to me, it seems that you have the entrepreneurial mindset, which is an open mindset, scanning the environment for opportunities. Bass Pro Shops does not 
at the surface level seem like it would be an opportunity for girls crafts at all. Right. Well, I should back up. They did not use girls crafts at Bass Pro Shops. Understood. So it was, yeah. yeah, it was exact. It was, you know, anything themed. So it was fall, fall hunting festival or, sure. <laughs> but, or Christmas or, you know, Mother's Day and things like that. So we would theme our crafts around that. So, sure. But I think what's amazing about Bass Pro Shop and they were in Cabela's is mm. that they supported women-owned businesses, right? So I think that that's kind of the important takeaway from that relationship is just those suppliers that you wouldn't necessarily think are, you know, all about the woman is that they were looking to support a woman-owned business, which was cool. I love that. It it warms my heart toward those companies a little bit more because you Mm -hmm. do, you know, at the surface, if you don't know about their, you know, business practices, it's, you know, it's a lot of hunting and, you know, fishing and everything, which is primarily, you know, camo, which is (laughs) primarily male, but it's, that's just so wonderful to hear. So, you know, backing up, but before that, how did you, you know, how uh, you're, you're a mom, right? And we know that this is the the most difficult job in the world that never ends. How, How did you kind of get to that place where you said, wait a minute, there's an opportunity here. I want to do something. I'm, I'm ready to go as a business person. Yeah. So I do have a business background. My major was business. And right out of college, I worked as a consultant for, you know, Anderson Consulting, which at the Mm -hmm. time was, it's now Accenture. But so I did that for probably three years. And then I stopped to raise our kids. Mm. And so I was a stay-at-home mom for 11 years raising our kiddos. And then like I said, I was kind of itching to Mm. do something, but I didn't know what that push was. Like I, Mm. and I told my husband all the time, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get back into business. Like I am so irrelevant right now. Like everything has changed. Software has changed, you know? And, and he's like, Kirsten, the opportunity will come. The opportunity will come. Like this is, you're doing the most important job right now in raising these kiddos to be amazing humans. And while I loved that, I, towards the end, around 10, 11 years, I was like, I, I need to figure out what I'm going to do. And then that holiday shop thing, the volunteering at that was kind of the first, wait a second, I can do something better here. Mm. And that's what started all of me getting back into working and business. Gosh, it, isn't it so funny? It's like you think that you're not relevant, but meanwhile... Right you're more relevant and more innovative than if you had gone back to Accenture or any other company that you would have almost felt less than because you maybe didn't understand whatever, you know, the software or whatever the heck it was. Right. You used everything that you had, including your, and I'll say it again, your entrepreneurial mindset, your growth mindset. You used that to create something that is incredibly impactful. And, you know, just from everything that you've described about the evolution of your business, right? And the fact that you're willing to continually evolve. It says to me that you're an entrepreneur and you always have been, right? And also raising kids, you have to be super creative to to keep them occupied. And also for yourself, right? You need to keep your own mind occupied while they're doing 
their own thing. So I'll just say it again. Like I admire you greatly. And it's, I think that you can, you know, I hope that, you know, I don't embarrass you, but it's like, you can also be an inspiration for other moms who feel like all I've done is raise my kids. Yes. P.S. It's not over. Yeah. Yes. I have been there many a time in my head of like, well, this is it. Like, and this is is a lot, right? Like, like we're talking, it's a lot, but it's a lot. (laughs) It does feel like there is a sense of like, what am I going to do after this? I don't know how to get back into it. And, you know, I would just say, I think had I not taken those years, so we have a senior right now. And so I'm looking back (laughs) and there, you will never regret that time, right? Like now, now that it's gone and everybody says it goes so fast, you know, but now that it is really like they're moving on, I don't regret it at all. And I think that there is such a um, opportunity you know, and you aren't, you are still relevant is what I would say. You, you know, are insanely creative and opportunistic and everything. We're everything. everything. Yeah, I totally agree. And another point that I think is really important too, it seems to me that your partner was also incredibly supportive of you and encouraged you and he saw something in you right that he he sees you every day he right. he knows that you had a gift and the fact that he was able to say to you you know just wait like that opportunity is going to be there that is incredible yeah i know i am Ugh. very fortunate i have an amazing husband God, <laughs> and he is like the it. biggest cheerleader of this whole thing when i'm like i think i'm just tired and i want to yeah. <laughs> like, drink a mojito <laughs> drink, let's go get some mint <laughs> oh my gosh this is so interesting and you know to, to me too I see such great possibility for your business to go in almost any direction that you want it to especially now there is that trend toward education and bringing people back into, you know, history and our education that have sort of been wiped out of the history books, right? It's not just women. It's, you know, Native Americans, it's African Americans, it's all of the people that helped us to build this country that we sometimes just wash right over. So, you know, like, I see the possibilities and it's, it seems like there's a a lot to do, but at the same time, you know, as a business owner, you, you also want to kind of stay in the lane that you are, you know, not just comfortable with, but you know, that is going to be generating that revenue. Yes. hundred percent. We've been really fortunate. Um, I would say, you know, we launched in 2021 and, we're already on the shelves at Meyer stores, which is a Midwest store. And then we are also scheduled to be in Walmart in March. And so I think that the idea of these trailblazer crafts and the entrepreneurial crafts really resonates with people, you know? And so we're just very fortunate that other people see the value in what we're trying to do, you know, because everything that you were saying about how important it is for girls we've done so much research in trying to figure out how to sell these crafts and what to do. And it's shocking, you know, two thirds of girls don't think that they can be whatever they want to be, you know, they don't. And so it's like, how do we, how do we 
teach them that? And how do we expose them to these women? You know, how do we make a product that can expose them to feeling like they can be more and do more and Mm. that they, they they're special and their voice matters. And so everything that you're saying is just exactly correct in terms of, you know, the importance of it right now. Yeah. And I also have another question, just like one of these practical questions for people who are entrepreneurs and thinking, okay, I want to, I want to create a product, right? A lot of times women, uh, again, sweeping statement, we create these service type of businesses because it's what we know. We come out of corporate, we started marketing consulting or, you know, accounting or insurance, whatever it is. But a product business is a, a little scary because you know <laughs> forming relationships with big factories in China mm-hmm. how do you possibly do that from the US like what process did you have to go to through to identify you know the right factory i'm sure there's certain mm-hmm. criteria that you had you don't want anybody being harmed in the process of creating these kids crafts oh, so no. how did you go about doing yeah. that no we work with um we have very strict guidelines for our factory um and we ensure that there isn't any type of you know unsafe working conditions and things like that i've actually been over to china and met with our factory and seen wow. it and i'm very fortunate i have two amazing, amazing suppliers that I honestly um, consider friends. And I think we've also had those experiences with early on with factories that didn't end up being the greatest, right? We had one batch that they didn't heat the adhesive right for our felt sticker crafts Mm. and you couldn't pull the back off. Like it was horrible. And I think, you know, until you, I would say, For any entrepreneur that's looking to create products in China, I would say, one, get a lot of samples. Get a Mm. lot of samples. Mm -hmm. Two, I would say, do your research, right? Like, even though they send you a sample, it's important to see how they're going to print that. For instance, I have a friend that just did, did a, you know, production in China of a book. And the sample they sent her was different than the actual produced product because Mm. they printed it differently. They used a different printing mechanism and Mm -hmm. they didn't tell her that up front that they were going to print it differently. They just did a sample of it and then they printed it differently. And so I would say, just do your research, like confirm that what exactly what you're seeing and is the exact process that they went through to create the sample. Um, You know, I would just say, ask for references, ask them if they have US references that you could contact. I would say that those are big things to ask. How did you initially just even identify the different factories that could produce what you wanted to produce. So I would say, so back in 2013, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I have my established relationships now. So I haven't like gone, I don't even know if the site is still, I went on Alibaba, I think it was. Yep. Um, And I don't even, I haven't been on that site in years, but that was my initial way of vetting suppliers and Mm -hmm. looking at suppliers. It's interesting. There's so many software systems out there too that help you identify where products come from in from suppliers in China. Because every yeah. supplier in China or anything that's imported into the US, I have a like you have to have a record on file with the customs agents. And so yeah. if you want to know where 
I don't know, Lululemon leggings come from, you can Mm -hmm. look up the import record of what factory (laughs) produced those, you know? And so if there is a product that you really love and you want to know where that factory, what factory created that, that's another way to kind of figure out. Backwards engineer almost who to to reach out to. Yeah. that's such an incredible advice. There's it's there's sort of like the steps that you need to take. But then again, it's the confidence in yourself to say, wait a minute, what you're showing me mm-hmm. and what I'm seeing don't match up. Let's go through this mm-hmm. because you don't want to be then having to deal with something unexpected, or you also don't want to be putting out a product that doesn't meet your specifications. Exactly. Exactly. And then at some point, you know, you just have to have the faith, right? You have to take the risk. And that's all about being the entrepreneur, right? Is the risk. And I'll never forget that first deposit that I sent to China in my very first transaction was like, okay, they want 30% down. This is like all I have right now. You know, yeah. So it's just kind of that leap of faith of like, okay, I'm just going to trust that it all works out. And yeah. <laughs> so you do have to kind of have a little bit of faith and, a, and take a little risk, like, but it's, a little it's risk. measured risk. You, you sort is. of understand. And, and then you say to yourself, okay, if this, you know, doesn't go well, then you're going to have to think about, well, what's the next thing? And then the next thing. Exactly. I just wanted to ask about the venture capitalist, right? So the person that initially gave you five, then 20. Do you still have that relationship? How how did that kind of transition? Yep. Once I started working with Bass Pro Shop, I funded, I was able to fund myself. Great. And so I ended up paying back the venture capital company and then we kind of split ties. So yeah. Oh, I love that. um, piece of advice that I was going to say to like yeah. moms or to people that are starting out or looking to start that entrepreneurial journey is I think one of the most helpful things that I think is just part of my personality is I don't wait. Like I just do. And mm-hmm. so I would say, don't wait till it's perfect. Don't wait mm-hmm. till your logo is perfect. Don't wait till the website is perfect. Get it out there. Just get it out there mm-hmm. and then tweak as you go. Because yeah that can just kind of be debilitating sometimes with, wait, I don't have the social media post quite right. I don't have the website quite right. I want the cart to do this when I when I click here or all of that, just get it out there to start and then mm-hmm. tweak, you know, and things change. I mean, I've had probably, well, we had a name change. We were originally were Elf Factory back in the day, <laughs> but like <laughs> when the school holiday shop stuff was going on. But I would say like your name will change, your logos change. Like we've had probably four different websites, you know, and I think that's kind of the journey of your business is it will continually be changing. Yeah. And so don't wait to have everything perfect. Just mm. get out there, just do it. <laughs> I love that advice so much. And I do think that, entrepreneurs, new entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, we do suffer sometimes from perfectionism. It's sort of Mm -hmm. how we were conditioned again, uh, which is not great. Uh, So yeah, I love this idea of, you know, put something out there, get feedback, continue to iterate. It it doesn't feel natural necessarily, but once you do it, you, you realize like this is also life, right? Like even thinking, 
about your children. You know, what works with them one day <laughs> does not work the next or not the next ever. hour. <laughs> what works with one child does not work with the other child. No. And and yeah. also they're they're also constantly growing and evolving and changing yeah. and all of that. So if you can you know, kind of have that fundamental understanding that, you know, business is also part of you. It is part of life. It's an evolution. And if you can approach it like that, I really do believe that you can set yourself up for success, not thinking my product has to be perfect and it always has to stay this way. I mean, the world, the world has has fundamentally changed. And one other question that I have for you, Obviously, during COVID, you you had to sort of change and and evolve in your your business. But are you currently or or just even in the past like year, have you experienced the supply chain issues that everybody else experienced? Yes. Mm. I would say the biggest supply chain issue that I think is facing small businesses, and I've even written to Congress about this, is that the cost for shipping a container right now is astronomical. So for instance, when I used to ship containers prior to COVID during peak season, so that's like the most expensive time it would be to ship a 40 foot container, it would cost me about $6,500. Okay. That same 40 foot container right now is costing (gasps) $18,800. Wow. It's three times as much. So you know, people are still looking for awesome deals on products and things like that. And it's just so hard to, the margin is so small because our shipping costs are almost more than our products cost. You know, it just is so, it's such a tricky, tricky time right now with the shipping. Yeah. It's like, there's so many decisions here, which is, you know, for you, this is your, you know, experience every day. You're constantly having to make all of these decisions and choices and everything. And these relationships that you have with the factories in China, have you ever thought about, well, you know, what would it be to manufacture some of this stuff here? And then trying to figure out, well, what's the the cost for doing that here? And then does that all make sense? Mm-hmm. We've looked at a ton of different options. So we've looked at manufacturing in the U.S., We've looked at manufacturing in Mexico. Mexico. Mm-hmm. I think we looked at India for just a quick second. But the deal is, is that even if we manufacture in the USA, a lot of craft materials are still imported from China. Uh, so, you know, like if you're thinking pom-poms or you're thinking, gosh, like for instance, our, our Speak Like Maya Craft has a hand-woven seagrass mat. Mm. And to have that produced in the U.S. is just so astronomical that yeah. it just wouldn't be cost. It's cost prohibitive, I guess I should say. Yeah. Because we've looked at those options. So, yeah. yeah. And I really like this conversation because these are the things that you have to consider. And, you know, entrepreneurship, while exciting, while inspirational, while you're doing all of this good stuff, there are absolute challenges mm-hmm. to, you know, continuing to. Uh, operate in in the way that you do. So I I hope that supply uh, chain opens up that some of these costs come down and everything Mm -hmm. because, you know, don't stop what you're doing. It's it's absolutely incredible. And with all of the different lines, is, is there a certain you know, age range. I know it's it's uh, fairly young, but does it does it kind of touch the the college age women? It doesn't. I would say our 
target age is tween girls. So like that eight to 12 year old Mm. girl is kind of our audience. Um, Our crafts are a little bit more challenging than say the normal, you know, paint a pot kind of craft or something like that. Like they take a little bit more time and patience. And so we kind of really try to target that a little bit older girl that's probably fourth grade to sixth or seventh grade. That's so amazing. There's a couple of other women that I know that are in the same space as you that when Mm -hmm. we close out, I I definitely want to introduce you to them. But through just my relationship with them and understanding of the research, it shows that you know, girls start to lose confidence in themselves right at that age from eight to 12. It, it's like a they, they fall off a cliff, mm-hmm. right? And even when it comes to sports and, and everything like that, they just start to, uh, you know, go lean against the wall and not participate. So the fact that you are in there trying to help bring them back from that is, is incredible. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so good. So this has been such a beautiful, wonderful conversation. I am so inspired by you, what you're doing, your entrepreneurialism, Uh, your tenacity, and just this this focus on girls. It it is something that is very near and dear to my heart. I I actually have two boys. Uh, No, no no little girls, two boys. Um, But I always, you know, instill in them that women are so powerful. And I think that when we do come together, men, women, everybody, we're, we're much stronger for it. So Kirsten, thank you so much. (laughs) I just appreciate you so much. And I appreciate the beautiful donation that you gave to She Leads. Uh, We also were able to gift some of the people that helped out at the conference, some of the AV people, they had daughters. So we provided them some kits too. So I think that, you know, here here in New York, you are definitely making your way around. Oh, Um, that makes my heart happy. I I love it. Love that. And, you know, if you know of organizations or if your listeners have organizations that are doing things to empower girls, we'd love to hear from them and get some crafts in their hands to spread the word. Beautiful. So how can people find out more about Kids Crafts, more about you? What can they do? Where can they find you? Yep. So our website is kidscrafts.org. So O-R-G, and it's kids with an S, crafts with an S dot org. That would probably be the best way to reach out to us and get in contact with us. Our Instagram is kidscraftsllc, but those would probably be the two best ways to kind of reach out and talk to us. They make great holiday gifts. Yes, they make great holiday gifts. Thank you so much. And we'll put all of this in the show notes so people can easily find you and follow you and do all the social media things. Oh, thank you so much. I really, really, you know, appreciate you taking the time to interview me and kind of hear the story. Well, thank you so much and have a happy holiday coming up. It's Thanksgiving uh, this week. So happy Thanksgiving (laughs) and we will definitely be in touch soon. Okay. Thanks again. Take care. Okay. You too. The She Leads Podcast Network.